0: Well, hey, let's get into our series. It's a relationship series called Circles, and we're going to wrap it up today by talking about friendship. We're going to talk about friendship and genuine connection. All right, can we do that? I was, I, was, uh, I was asked to speak in this series again, but it's the third time in my short career here at Lifeway that I'm talking about friendships. And so y'all that have been around a while, like, well, here he goes again. He already talked about friendship twice before. Those of you that are new don't care. But, but I was like, geez, I don't, I don't know if I have anything new to say. I could just bring up what I spoke last year and regurgitate it. But I actually, I actually feel like the Holy Spirit gave me a deeper understanding of what we're doing here at Lifeway Church in this arena, in this area, and even prophetically what God is doing. And I want to talk about friendship in a different way today. There'll be some similarities, I'm sure, because there's only so many verses in the Bible about Friendship. But we'll, so we'll talk about some of that again. But honestly, we're changing a culture, and and it's a little bit different than just preaching a series. We're actually we're actually changing the culture of a region by going after some of this stuff, and a lot of us are largely unaware that what we're doing is actually changing a culture and changing an atmosphere. So, so how many, how many know that it's, it's one thing to visit Disney World and appreciate the culture. I mean, you got hundreds, hundreds of people running around, some of them dressed in costumes, and their only job is to make you feel welcome and to make sure that you're well taken care of and, and their foremost job is to make sure that you're having fun. Right? Whatever you think about Disney, I'm just talking about their culture, for example. And so you got hundreds and hundreds. Now, they're hired to do that, and that's their job, right? So, But it's one thing for you to walk in that and go, whoa, I just had a wonderful time, and I should because I paid a lot of money at the gate. But, but it's one thing to say, well, that was a wonderful culture to experience, but when you leave there, that isn't your culture. doesn't necessarily become who you are because you paid money to experience a culture. And so here at Lifeway Church, I'm just, I'm just saying that, and, and I can brag a little bit. Can I brag just a little bit? Is that sinful? I mean, I hear all the stories coming back from people who visit Lifeway Church. And honestly, this was our family's experience, too. When we found Lifeway Church, it was only open one week or so, and we found Lifeway Church. We visited, and we're like, this is our home, y'all. All our kids were the same. This is, this is where we belong. So, so we transferred in, like, quickly and became part of the culture. But I hear this still today. We're in at we're in four and a half years. I still hear this today. And Discovery Pathway people talk about it because they're coming. That Lifeway Church is one of the most friendly, most welcoming places that they've ever attended. Amen. That's you guys. Amen. Give yourselves an applause. It's true, right? And it's still true today. And so I applaud you because it's not me welcoming everybody in the parking lot, at the door, giving them coffee, making sure their kids are well taken care of. That's all, that's all of you guys. We have a culture of welcoming, friendly, connecting atmosphere, right? Now, now the people that started Lifeway Church, the, shall we say, the original few hundred, they were determined to set a culture and say, you know, we want to be this kind of church. What we're in danger of, though, is filling this place with culture observers that are not necessarily thinking they need to become culture carriers. Bam. (laughs) Because unlike Disney, you know, I hope you didn't pay at the door to get in here, but what what you're inviting into is is an experience to say, there's something going on here that we're, we're creating a culture, but I'm called to carry that. Obviously, you're called to carry the nature of Christ, but you're called to be a culture carrier and a culture changer. There's something prophetic going on that I'm going to call out. And so you see it. And and if we want this to continue, get this, y'all. I don't even know if I'm on my notes anymore. If we want this to continue, we have to contend for it and do it on purpose and not just stumble into it and say, wow, that was fun. But we have to contend for it and do it on purpose. Because as as our culture grows, and I want hundreds and hundreds more people to come and experience the love of Jesus. Man, I felt the love of God during worship this morning. I just felt his presence. I felt his affirmation. I felt his delight in his people. I this front row, there's something hungry going on in this front row here this morning. And I don't even know y'all. Y'all are so amazingly hungry. I know Tim. I know Carissa. I know some of you guys. But listen, hunger will be, will be filled. Paraphrase the verse right there. Those that are hungry will be filled. Something amazing going on in our culture. But we, if we wanted to continue and want to expand and bring hundreds and hundreds more people to Jesus, we have to contend for it and do some things on purpose. Does that make sense? Intentionally. All right, all right. Let me try to get back on my notes. I believe <clears throat> I believe that that um, that God is shifting our awareness of what 's happening in our culture and what we 're actually combating so did you know? Um, I'm going to tell you a real quick story just to, just to reframe that, then I'll quickly move on. But my first job was in a bulk food warehouse, not too far from here, when I was 16. And I, I, I was just glad to be hired. It was my first real job where I got a paycheck and all. And, and so the supervisor's like showing me around this, this warehouse plant and, and introducing me to all my coworkers at the time. And, and they were just shaking my hand and saying, welcome aboard, welcome to the team, things like that. And I'm glad that you're here. What's your name? Yada. And on the way back to the office where he was getting me situated for my job I said wow this is a really welcoming environment this is a real friendly culture because I didn't know that when I was interviewed I thought well the people in the office are always friendly I didn't know what the employees would be like right that's sometimes a whole different story right yeah? and so I was like what's going but they were just all really welcoming and really friendly and I made that comment like this is this is really and then he stopped and he looked at me and he said well now that you're hired you're going to be that as well And I said, boy, I have work to do. (laughs) I'm 16 and very awkward and socially crippled. (laughs) I mean, I knew how to grunt and nod at people. But I wasn't a carrier of that culture at that moment. I became one. It can be a learned behavior, I can say, by the grace of God. I wasn't even a believer back then. That was my party head years. But I became part of a culture because it became a trained part of me to say, if you work here and if you're part of this, this is how you behave. Does so that make sense? And I became part of a culture carrier in that place um, for the years that I worked there. So, so, so let me dive into what we're combating because I want us to understand what we're doing in our culture, and it stretches much further than Lifeway Church. But did you know the opposite of connection, um, I believe, is loneliness, did you know that loneliness is an epidemic in our current culture all across America? We are the most well-connected on, on social media. You have thousands, some of you have thousands of friends on social media, but we're the most loneliest culture that, this, this, uh, that America has ever seen, most isolated culture. So, so I want to dive into that and help you understand what we're doing because we are culture changers, and what's happening here seems like a small thing. But it's actually having having effects that that you may may not even realize. So, and when we had our open house, some of you were here that day. It was back in September. We celebrated on a on a Saturday and said thank you, Lord, for giving us this awesome building. We cut the ribbon. Remember that. So we invited some local dignitaries, and one 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 guy that showed up was the guy that had an office right here um, in our space. He had an office right there where children's uh, where, where children's ministry is now. His name is Russ Diamond. He's a state representative over over Lebanon County. And he, he is a follower of Christ as well, and and he came out to celebrate what was happening. Matter of fact, he gladly moved out of his office and relocated down here in the mall to the other end. And he said, "I love what's happening here. Isn't that cool?" He wasn't he was swayed by that a bit. He was celebrating right along with us, what what in us taking over his space. <laughs> but but I asked him. I was fishing for what for what he thought was going on in this region, and I said. I said, Russ, what does Lebanon City need? What does Lebanon County actually need, in your opinion? And he did not miss a beat. He quickly said, what you're doing here is creating connection, and that's what Lebanon needs, because the biggest problem in our culture right here is loneliness and isolation. And the more life-giving environments we can have where people get out of isolation and, and get around people, other humans, is fantastic. And I'm like, okay, cool. I thought he was gonna say Lebanon needs a new park, and we can make it an outreach thing or something, you know, and do, and paint a few buildings. I was looking for some outreach ideas or something like that, because because politicians are often in tune with what what the you know the region needs. But but it was an emotional thing that he spat back at me, and it threw me off just a bit. And so I've been thinking about it ever since. Loneliness, um, according to a, a Brigham Young University study, just want you to understand what we're combating here in the spirit. and and in the natural. Loneliness damages our body, they say. It's equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's how damaging isolation and loneliness can be to our bodies. It's equivalent to being an alcoholic. It's more harmful than not exercising, and it's twice as harmful as obesity. Loneliness and isolation actually hurts us as humans. We're not created for that, we're created for connection it actually hurts our, our beings. According to a Cygnus study uh, from, from the year 2018, I think it's still relevant, they surveyed about 20,000 U.S. adults ages 18 and older, and in, they revealed some alarming findings as well. Nearly half of Americans report sometimes or always feeling lonely, feeling alone. It's like 46%. And so the Generation Z adults um, ages 18 to 22 is the loneliest generation, according to studies, and they claim to be the worst health as well. So, so what we're doing here isn't small. What we're doing here is actually having effects in, in, in a region and an area which maybe you haven't thought about so much. So how about us? Do you, do you feel lonely? Do you feel isolated? Uh, Do you feel disconnected? Do you feel socially withdrawn or socially crippled like I did at age 16? Or, out of the loop, or friendless, or unloved, or uncared for, or unseen, or unnoticed, invisible even in a crowd of people. You've been there? I'm in a large crowd of people right now. I still feel lonely. Do you lack genuine connection? Is anybody there today? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm just asking you. That's me just asking you, because I want you to think about it. We have an opportunity, Lifeway Church, and all of you individually, not just when you're at Lifeway Church, but when you go out there, you have an opportunity and a mandate from God, in my opinion, if I'm hearing the Holy Spirit correctly, to, to literally change culture in this region. And it's, and it's being done, and some of you don't even know what's being done. <laughs> or don't even know what you're part of. Does that make sense? So, but when we know what we're part of, then we can not just stumble into it and enjoy it, but even do it intentionally. Intentionally. So uh, it starts here with Lifeway. I would love for this to be a place where you practice if you're going, well, I don't know, I don't know that this is, this is my cup of tea. <laughs> well, maybe Lifeway is a place where you start to practice and start practicing some connection, some friendliness, some genuine relationships, and that's okay. So what if you're awkward? Um, you need a place where you can be birthed, right, into something. <laughs> Let's dive into some scriptures. Can we do that? This is what I feel like God's saying to us right now. Psalm 68, 6. And I, I just like the Passion Translation recently. But, it, but listen to this. This is God's heart. He says, to the fatherless, he's a father. To the widow, he is a champion friend. To the lonely, he makes them part of a family. Amen, somebody? To the prisoners, he leads into prosperity until they sing for joy. This is our holy God in his holy place but for the rebels, there's heartache and despair. Those who don't agree it, it still experience heartache and despair. But those who come into this kingdom, they experience life. They experience connection. They experience friendship. It's just God's heart and his will for us. Amen? First Corinthians 12, starting at verse 12, one, we're one body with many parts. And some of you know this, know this area. It says, just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. We all, belong, we all belong here somewhere, right? For by one spirit, we all were immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we're Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, no matter your societal status, everything else, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. It says we're all meant to be connected in some way and to walk together in relationship. It's how you and I were created to be and created to function by Father God when he created us. And we need to discover how to do it well by the grace of God. Amen. It's our mandate, people. So maybe you've found your place, and maybe you've found your calling, and, and so that's okay. I don't want you to tune out because some of you are like, well, I, I know who my people are. I know who my best friends are. I know who I look for when I come to a place like this. I, I, I have my people that I call for prayer, people that I call to celebrate, whatever. I want, you to, I want you to hear something, though. You still have a mandate upon you, even if that's the case. You still have a mandate upon you to help others find their place. And not to just say, well, I have my group of 10 friends, I have my three best friends, forget everyone else. No, we're, we're called to help each other find that place and find that connection. Maybe you wanna serve here, maybe you wanna go to this life group, maybe you wanna join this group, maybe you wanna come pray with us, but everybody needs to find their place and so we can help facilitate that, does that make sense? All right, well, let's climb through some scriptures this morning, and I'm going to dig at you. I'm going to keep digging and digging. I apologize in advance. I actually am not apologize. I don't know why I always apologize, but I'm going to just read through a bunch of anointed scriptures and ask a bunch of questions. Y'all ready for that? Because I want you to just go on a journey with the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to tell you where you're at and, and further solidify what you're called to. And some of you come out of this place today being culture carriers because it's, what, it's who you are and what you stumbled into. I have a few, I have a few disclaimers, though, before we dive a little further. Um, and want, the, the first disclaimer goes like this. We here at LifeWay do not condone toxic relationships. Said it before in my marriage series. We don't we don't condone abuse. We don't condone like manipulation and control. And so you may have to set certain boundaries around your life or your friendship circles around certain people that are that are just toxic right now and and harm you in some way. So I just want you to hear that because when we say you know connect, be friendly, all this kind of uh, we still we, those verses are still valid. But if you're being hurt in some way and being mistreated in some way, no, we don't we don't condone that. You need some health. You might need some healthy boundaries around those. Types of people until they can get free from some stuff in the Lord. The second disclaimer is this. And this one I really want you to hear. I have never read scriptures that allow ex- exemptions for certain personalities. Oh, we're so big into this in our culture. I actually have taken, I think, close to like five or six different personality tests. <laughs> <clears throat> latest one's the Enneagram or something like that. And, you know, the DISC profile and the, the Myers-Briggs and on and on. Now, we've all taken them. We all use them and we all apply them. We've we had our, whole, our, our kids take them. And it, it, it helped Alicia and I to know each other better. It helped me to know our kids better. Our, our teams have taken them here in the office. But what I see happening in our culture is, is subtly, and some not so subtly, saying, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm an introvert. That verse doesn't apply to me because I'm an extrovert and I'm allowed to be this way or I'm a D personality or, you know, and, and you can dive into the personalities what, what, however you identify. But I don't, I don't see Jesus going, well, <clears throat> those of you that are this personality, you don't have to hear what I say right now. Let me just talk to this group. <laughs> Somebody say, ouch. You can say, you can say it out loud if you want to. <clears throat> no, I just I just want us to use all the personality profiles because I actually think they're helpful. We do it in Discovery Pathway as well. The people discover how God made you and discover your spiritual gifts and all It's really, really cool. And then you take that and you surrender it to the Lord and you say, make me into your image. Because all of us, no matter what personality, is still to be made into the image of Jesus Christ. And it comes out differently according to how God made you. How you're friendly or how you, know, how you function is going to be expressed differently, but it still needs to be surrendered to the Lord. You okay with that? All right. Let's go to Proverbs 18.24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Someone say, be friendly. Be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than their brother. Are you friendly? If not, why not? You don't have to tell me. I'm just asking you. <laughs> why not? Why, why aren't you friendly? And if you're not and you have difficulty, then go on a journey to discover why not and stop blaming it on your personality, because there's a way that you can be friendly no matter what personality you, you have. I think it applies to all. Matthew 22: 40, Jesus said to him, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is this is uh, the first and greatest commandment, right? And the second's like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments. Hang all the law and the prophets. Well, who's my neighbor? Come on, somebody. Your neighbor is everybody. Well, I live out in the woods. My neighbors are like miles away or something like that. You know, so I don't really have neighbors. So that verse doesn't matter to me. Your neighbor is other people. And right now, you all have a few neighbors going. So, So listen, it applies to you. Why is it so difficult to love your neighbor like yourself? Let me ask you this. Do you like, do you love yourself? Do you like yourself? How, how many know that it's going to be really, really difficult to show the love of God to others if we haven't received the love of God toward us and we have a self-hatred and a self-rejection going on? We'll pick pick up on that just a little bit later, all right? Let's go to Proverbs 17, 17. A dear friend will love you no matter what, and a family sticks together through all kinds of trouble. Somebody say all kinds. Do you have a friend who will love you through a dark season? Some of you are crying out for that. Maybe they'll try to help you through it or help you get out of it. That would be even better. But let me ask you this. Are you this kind of friend to someone? And if not, why not? Are you the kind of person that will dive in there and help to rescue someone and see them through trouble? Why do you run? Say, oh, okay, this is sticky. I'm going to run. Romans 12.10. By the way, by the way, before I go, can I just do another? I actually feel like Lifeway Church is one of the most friendliest environments that I've ever had the joy of, of being in, to be honest. And so, so <clears throat> I'm, saying, I'm saying this stuff because we just want to bring more people into this culture. You understand? So a lot of this stuff doesn't apply to all you friendly people because you're already doing it. It applies, but you're already doing it. But anyway, those of you who need help in this area, it's okay. Romans 12.10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. Hmm. How, how often do you think about what others around you prefer? Are you surrounded by selfish people, but here's a better question: Are you the selfish person? I got what I need. Off, off we go then. Getting quiet in here. Proverbs 27:17: "As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Do you allow others to sharpen you? This is men or women. Maybe knock off a few rough edges or call out an area of sin or weakness. And where I'm missing the mark, I would love someone to, to tell me, to call me out, somebody that loves me, making you a better person, more so making you more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit uses others, right? I love those moments when, you know, in my prayer closet, so to speak, my, my quiet time with the Lord, something's pointed out, Holy Spirit fixes how I think and, and dispels a lie and gives me truth. That's fantastic. Oftentimes, though, he likes to use other people to point it out. And that, that can be really annoying. But that's how, he, that's how he likes to do it as well. <clears throat> so I believe this place is full of friendly people. I just want to say that again. Friend, and people who love to connect. We have a culture going in here. But if we're going to do it intentionally and we're going to keep this culture, we have to learn to fight for it. And so today, we're going to bring in the other 20% or whatever it is you know, that's coming in and going, whoa, how do I do that? Okay. So some of you need a little help in this area. Maybe, maybe you're the one or two people here this morning that need a little help. So we're going to dive into some practical things that might help. And maybe just get you out of, out of your understanding of going, okay, okay, I, I like the culture, that's why I'm here. I doubt that you'd be here if you didn't like it. Maybe, I don't understand that at all, but um, <laughs> maybe that's you. But, no, there's a, but now God's calling you to be a culture carrier. Maybe not, you know, it doesn't matter if it's in Lifeway Church. You can practice here, I hope you do. But when you go back to work tomorrow morning, when you go home to your family you're called to be a culture carrier in this area and connect people, not only with each other, but with God, amen? So here's three keys. We're gonna dive into just three keys, fairly practical, uh, to cultivate connection and friendship as we wrap up this series on on relationships. You ready for number one? Number one is we need to crush self-rejection. And so it's hard to love your neighbor, I mean really hard, when you hate yourself. Because, because what you haven't received from God, it's really hard to give out. And so I want to read Jeremiah 31:3. It says, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness I have drawn you. And so and so cry out for a revelation of how much God likes you and loves you and wants to hold you close. And then, and then when, you, when you experience some of that, you can look at your neighbor and say, I love my neighbor as myself. The way that I like myself, you know, the way that God likes me, he doesn't reject me so I can stop. Did, did you know that people that have a rejection spirit, and I've walked in this for many years, it's very, very easy for people around you to reject you as well. It's almost like something we emulate, and and since I'm sort of like down on myself, I don't really like how God made me. I'm feeling insecure, and so if people really aren't walking in the Spirit, they can walk right into that and and reject you because you're already rejecting yourself. It takes a really strong character, someone really filled with the Holy Spirit, to sort of see through that and go, whoa, they hate themselves. Let me choose to love them. It takes some awareness, doesn't it? But if we're not aware, we stumble into it, and we start rejecting people all around us that have a rejection spirit because they're emulating that. Do you all know that? You'll be aware. Now you can be more aware. Anyway, that's a real quick sermon on that, but you got to be okay with how God made you. It doesn't mean that we don't have weaknesses we don't, and failures and the things that we need to work on, but you don't have to hate yourself while you're working on your weaknesses and asking the Holy Spirit to help you grow in a certain area. That's different. Does that make sense? We need to crush, crush self-rejection because it's, it's not okay for you to hate yourself if God doesn't hate you. It's actually called sin. Sin is called missing the mark, by the way. And so when you hate yourself, you're not agreeing with God because God likes you a lot where you are currently. And so that's if you hate yourself and you reject yourself, you're missing the mark. Does that make sense? Otherwise known as sin. All right. There you go. So pray for a revelation of the father's extravagant love toward us. Ready for number 2? Number 2 is we need to make room. We need to make room for friendship and connections if we want a culture to be sustained like this. Number 1, you need to make room in your schedule. <laughs> you need to take your calendar and make some time for genuine connection ahead of time cuz if you're not if you're not doing it and you think you're just going to fall into it I don't actually think it's going to happen too quickly because you want to, you want, you met someone maybe at a meeting and you would like to connect with them, but you look at your calendar, you know, and you wouldn't be able to connect with them for months and months out. Perhaps some of you, some of you are so bit Americans are great at this with school and sports and family and the list is endless, including church and including wonderful, wonderful, good things. But bam, 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 bam. There isn't a day free. There isn't a night free. And then you wonder why you look back a year later and you honestly don't know who your friends are because you've kept yourself so busy with activities. So take your calendar, submit it to the Lord and say, hmm, where, where do I have space? Where do I have a cushion? And then make some room. Make some room ready for number two in the in this? Make some room in your budget. If you don't have a budget for friendships, it's probably not that important in your life. It's probably not intentional. I'll submit that to you to consider. So let's say you, you you're thinking that it'd be really cool, like after church, if we could invite this family out to Longhorn and get to know them better or something like that. Maybe it's something more simple like inviting a family out for ice cream. You know, to, to combat the darkness in our culture that's called loneliness epidemic, we have to find ways to genuinely connect with other believers and walk along with them. And maybe some not believers. We need to connect with one another. But when your budget doesn't reflect it, it's not a value and it's unlikely gonna happen because a lot of us, maybe a lot of you are going... We'd have to plan for that and maybe find a budget, you know, to bring people along or have them over or buy more food or or things like that or invite another family along to Hershey Park or whatever it is that you like to do. You have to plan for it. I don't care if it's a dollar a week, 5 dollars a week, 10 dollars, 20 dollars a month. You have to start saying if it's a value, then I'm going to plan for it and then I'm going to invite people into my world and make time for them. You okay with that? Getting even, this is not a message on money, but that part was, okay. Make make room in your heart is number three. You need to make room in your heart. And I've heard this at the beginning of Lifeway Church and I I haven't heard it said much recently, but when Lifeway Church started, it was like this is gonna be the anti-click church. Click as in the group of people that you can't break into because they all know each other for 10 years and there's no room in their circle for any more people. High schools are like this. Middle schools are really like this. But churches can be like this just as much as schools and neighborhoods, right? Some of you have been through churches like that, and I've been through churches like that, where it's like, you know, you hear hear things like, you start hearing verbiage. Can I be honest with you? I'm starting to hear some of this stuff and see some of this stuff. We have to contend for a culture if we want it. If we want to be different, we have to contend for it and do some things on purpose. So it's like, well, I'm not going to the women's retreat because nobody that I know is going What does that have to do with anything? I'm not going to the men's retreat because my best friend isn't going to the men's retreat. I'm not going to the summer picnic. And on and on the list goes. Now we're falling back into unless my favorite people are going to the unless unless I can find you know, when when you when you come into a culture like this and as we grow this is harder to contend for I hope you're hearing my heart this morning but when you when you come into this culture and this many people make some people insecure and nervous and so they will fly past 10 people to find their friend on the other side of the of the lobby and then they feel safe like oh I just I found my my safety circle again because here's somebody that I know And not even as much as a hello, good morning, I'm glad that you're here, to the 10 people they just flew by on their way to find their little circle. And this is human nature, so we're either going to be aware of it and fight against it or it will become the click church, like like other churches that will feel like a middle school to some of you. Am I being too hard on you? We have to do some things on purpose to contend for the culture that we want. And it's anti-American culture, by the way and we're combating something in the spirit and in the natural called loneliness, but it's actually an attack of the enemy on our entire culture that if we don't combat it well, we will fall right into it and not even know it. And we create lonely cultures, and we just go along with what's happening, you know, in our region. Amen? Let's be the anti-click church. Now, now, Before I move on, let me say, I want you to know people and have some good friends, some best friends, even I do, I have some good friends that I've known literally for years. We played baseball together when we were teenagers. And I still know these guys. I still hang out now and then. And so it's hard to replace a good friend that you've known a long time. I'm not saying replace your friendships. I'm saying your heart has to stay open to make room for other people and to get to know new people. And even if they don't become your best friend, because you can't be best friends with 50 people, honestly. You can be best friends with a few people. But you can still facilitate and connect with people and get out of your little circle to help them find their place you can steer them somewhere help them get connected to a life group help them get connected to a prayer group or whatever whatever's on the heart you can still facilitate genuine heartfelt connection even if not everyone becomes part of your inner circle of best friends that means an open heart so I hope you hear what I'm saying it's not a a click Uh, when when you have a click church now we're in our circle of best friends and we don't even know anyone else exists that's what I'm that's what I'm pounding this morning so amen it's not the heart of god it's not the heart of god god has room in his heart for literally millions and trillions and gazillions of people so all right let's go to number three let's wrap this up with number three do something new have you heard the albert einstein um uh, quote from literally years ago he says the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again but expecting different results that's insanity right So if whatever you've been doing isn't working well for you for genuine connection and friendship, go on a journey to discover something new that you can do. (laughs) If standing in the corner of of the lobby with your arms folded hasn't worked for you, then unfold your arms, step forward just a little, take your right hand, Extended towards someone, I bet they'll shake your hand. <laughs> if, 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 if standing at the back with a frown on your face, afraid to look at anyone in the eyes, and actually making a, a, a heartfelt connection with people, I keep saying, how is that working for you? You have to do something new. You have to at least look at someone and learn to smile. At least put a nod. I see you. I see you. Howdy. <laughs> if you want I, I actually, to, I actually like the Asian culture, to be honest. In places like Korea, they, they do this awesome little bow. It's really neat. I like that. I wish we would adopt that. It's really cool. You know, they see, they see people, and it's disrespectful not to do this, you know. You know, then they kind of lower their eyes. They bow toward each other. It's really cool. I like, we should do that here in Lifeway Church now. <clears throat> Paul says, greet each other with a holy kiss. I think we should greet each other with a a holy bow. I don't know. I just like it. But do something. Do something different. Something that you haven't tried before. You have to do something different. Ask the Holy Spirit what you can do. Listen, to not have a way to show friendliness, I don't care what your personality or what culture you were raised in, to not have a way is not okay. But to find a way is God's will. My, my, my son, Dominic, he's almost 16. He's an amazing dude. I think he's here this morning somewhere. <clears throat> he, he actually has this really cool little nod that he does when I walk into the room. I think he's checked out. He's on his computer. He's, he, he loves gaming and stuff like that. But, but when, when he knows that I'm in the room and I just walked in, he'll just glance at me, do this little quick nod like, there you are, Dad. I like you. You're okay. I'm okay. <laughs> cool. I like you, too. That's what it says. And, and that's all he did is glanced at me and did a little nod. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> but, it's, but it's okay. That's our language, and it works. But it's acknowledging someone and saying, how, how are you? It's okay. I see you. Nobody likes to live in a culture or experience a culture where they feel invisible. Amen? And that, that could do it for you. It could be a very cool nod if you want to do that, all right? <laughs> a 16-year-old nod. <clears throat> How about this one? Um, asking someone how you can pray for them. How, how, about, how about this? Do, do something new that looks like this, perhaps. I'm just throwing out suggestions. This is all practical suggestions. The Holy Spirit's gonna show you what you can do. How about this one? Ask someone what makes them feel connected. Have you ever done that? Have you ever asked another person, that you're becoming friends with, perhaps you're getting to know, what makes you feel connected in an environment like this, in a culture like this? It could be at work, it could be at home, or it could be in a church setting or even school. What makes you feel connected? Some people will say, well, during worship, I feel really connected. During a prayer group, I feel really connected. During a life group, that's what really does it for me. During a connect group. And on and on, people are are made of, and you can help people, you can facilitate people and guide them to where they'll feel connected in a group of people we, we I, I, I witnessed an amazing <clears throat> i mean set up and tear down phase of the first couple years of life it was incredible Those people some of them would show up at what was it six thirty seven in the morning pulling trailers and, and unloading those carts of stuff over here in the theater before we had this auditorium and but i tell you what the, the one thing that I noticed beyond all the all the tech that they were setting up and all the carts that were rolling around and and, and all the cameras that were being set up and the lobby beings, I noticed genuine connection. And they would talk as they were working and they would stop working to pray for each other sometimes. It was really neat to see. And I see the same, it's just different here now because we don't have to go through it, but I still see some similar things. But those people who have a heart to connect find how they connect and maybe all I'm saying is maybe you will connect well with others while you're serving alongside of them perhaps. We're not just here to get you to work, but we kind of are. I mean, you're part of our culture. How many know if you're part of a family, you sort of help in the family? Do you want to be part of a family or just want to be part of a, I went to Disney World, yay, I saw that. No, you're called to be part of the culture, part of the family, Amen. I want to, I want to put a plug in for life groups real real quick before I, before I move on. Our, our, our plug for life groups is we do it in seasons. We do three month seasons here in the beginning, the beginning of the year and then another three months later in the year. And, um, we may change that. We may add to that. We may change that. How many know we, we might change our method, but we're not going to change our mission our mission to reach the lost, our mission to preach the gospel, our mission to connect people, but our methods might change and, and grow as, as the church grows. So, but, but life groups, can I tell you secretly what we're hoping will happen in life groups? In case you don't know this, we're hoping and praying that uh, an anointed life group leader will invite people to their home, maybe they'll have it here at church. They're facilitating connection. We're hoping that you will find a divine connection Sort of a, a hunger to get to know someone else really well and that it, would, that it would spark a friendship, listen to me carefully, long after the life group is over. It's only a platform to facilitate genuine connection, authentic connection. Now, we're going to keep doing it because people need platforms. And you you then could lead a life group as you're here longer. Um, we say six months of memberships that we get to know you and know who you are. But we, we need more life group leaders who are called to help facilitate that environment and bring people into genuine relationship with God and genuine relationship with other. Now There's people here now that just get together because they like each other and they have breakfast together because they're friends, but they might have met in your life group. But it's to facilitate, see, if if the only friend circles that you have, hear me carefully, it sounds like I'm going to diss something, but I'm not. Well, maybe I am. If the only friendship circles that you have are only in a church-sponsored environment, you're still missing it. That's a platform we're creating for you to do something Holy Spirit-inspired, and to make it available for you to meet someone and to be friends with someone. And the Holy Spirit wants to then take it from there and say, I met, we have friends that we met in a life group literally over, over 10 years ago that we still get together with in Mannheim to this day. It was a life group that we met a long time ago. We stayed friends with just that family, just that family. And we get together a few times a year and still hang out because we just like them and they like us. And we make time for them because they're genuine connections. And some of those connections just happen. They've helped us grow in the Lord. They're one of the most generous families that I know. We've helped them grow in the Lord. We talk about the Holy Spirit when we get together. And they're like, what kind of church are you going, what's going on up there in Lebanon County? And we love to talk about all that God is doing. Amen. Y'all catching the heart of God today? All right, stand with me. Look at all these beautiful people ready to connect. Let's get you dismissed so you can go connect well. Well, listen, the, 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 the place that we always start, the thing that's most important, the starting place is a genuine connection and a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? An authentic relationship with God is what matters most and what matters first and from that place, of understanding his love for us, his genuine care toward us, the way that he saved our souls. He sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross to forgive all of our sins, but even more than that, to bring us back into relationship and genuine connection with Father God. That's where we start. Then to be filled with the Holy Spirit and say, I need to be empowered. I can't do this on my own. Did you know that Christian life isn't meant to be lived in your own strength and your own power? It's meant to be lived by the power of the Holy Spirit resident within you. That starts by saying yes to Jesus. I wanna make you my Lord, you my Savior. I want to follow you and in all your way, in all my ways acknowledge you. Make you Lord, make you master. Fill me Holy Spirit with your power. It starts there. Anything that I'm preaching today is nearly impossible in my opinion on your own strength. So I'm, not, I'm not preaching that way. It's not a performance thing. It's hearing the heart of God and then saying, you can empower me, Lord, as I follow you to carry this out because you love me so well. You just like me a lot. You like hanging out with me. You show up every time I pray. When I worship, I feel your, your tangible, life-giving presence like a breeze blowing over me. I just want more of that and more of that. And then when you leave places like this and you hit the lobby and you hit work tomorrow, you're ready to like share with others what you experienced genuine connection with Father God. Does that make sense? Let's all let's all pray together. Can we do that? Let's all pray the same prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me, for loving me enough to die on a cross, to forgive me of all my sins and failures. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love for me and I accept your offer of friendship. Jesus, I call you my Lord and my master. I choose to follow you. Holy Spirit, empower me to live a life of holiness, truth and love toward, uh, toward you and towards others. Teach me to love others well, empower me to connect well with others and influence the culture all around me. In Jesus' name.